The last bit of darkness clung to the wide surface of the plateau. As the sky brightened, the fog, thinning along the ridgelines, revealed patches of an ocean-like land of shallow basins and barren hills. Far from the horizon, barely touched by the gathering light, a dozen buildings huddled at the edge of a wide depression slowly separated themselves from the morning mists. It was an unfinished time, a place of shifting forms and changing shapes, where shadowy objects appeared one moment only to dissolve away the next, and what was real was only what could be felt. Yet the instant the rim of sun cleared the horizon, the flats burst into light, and six hundred square miles of rocky land and dried creek beds, bathed in streaks of orange and pink, froze into stark relief. The buildings caught in the first rays of the sun began to glow. The coils of razor wire shimmered with the same strange iridescence. Even the walkways and helipad took on a golden hue. But whatever magic came with the dawn soon faded. Within minutes, the buildings of the 40th had grown worn and shabby again, and the sun, free in the sky, began once more to turn the plateau into a sweltering wasteland. David, impatient with the corporal, looked again at his watch. Not 6.15, and already he could taste the salt crusting on his upper lip. The corporal was not even sweating. Yes, sir. I can appreciate that, sir. The corporal spoke in a soft southern drawl, the accent so unexpectedly American out there in the middle of nowhere had startled David, but so had everything that had happened since Basic, when his orders had been changed to Vietnam. After traveling halfway around the world and then spending three days being shipped back and forth across most of South Vietnam, whatever goodwill remained was quickly evaporating in the heat. Look, Corporal, David said, don't get me wrong. I don't care what you carry. As far as I'm concerned, you can hook a howitzer up to the jeep and tow it along behind us. All I'm saying is that I'm not carrying a weapon. Yes, sir, the corporal answered as if David hadn't said a word. I can understand that, sir, but there ain't gonna be nobody out there who'll know you're a doctor. At twenty meters, there ain't nobody'll know the difference between you and me and any other grunt. David decided it was hopeless. Look, he said, I was told by Major Thorpe that this is a secured area. Yes, sir, officially. Then I see no reason to carry a weapon. He had said the same thing at least three times, but either the corporal was deaf or more stupid than he looked. Yes, sir, the corporal went on, but like I said, there's just going to be the two of us out there. Don't get me wrong, sir. I ain't saying it's the Asho Valley around here, but it ain't the States either. David looked at his watch again. I thought we were supposed to be out of here by now. For a moment, David thought he'd have to give his first order, but after a few seconds, the corporal, to David's relief, nodded in agreement and gave the cloudless sky an appraising look. Gonna be another scorcher. David sighed. Then maybe we'd better get going before it gets much hotter.